The Talking Points podcast is produced in partnership with C. Michael Gibson and clinicaltrialresults.org. Hi, Mike Gibson coming to you live from ACC, face-to-face at ACC 2022, and I'm here with Daniel Sessler, and we're talking about mild perioperative hypothermia and outcomes compared to more aggressive rewarming. Why did you do the study, Daniel, and what did you find? All unwarmed surgical patients become hypothermic, and those having major operations typically get down to about 34 and a half degrees. There are small trials dating back 25 years now showing that mild hypothermia causes surgical site infections and increases bleeding and transfusion requirements. Well, the bleeding part we always knew. I mean, uh, you become hypothermic, your platelets uh, just don't react as well, right? Platelets uh, don't work as well, but the enzymes of the coagulation cascade also don't work as well. Like many enzymes, they're highly temperature sensitive. How about infection? And that was something new I was not aware of. Um, at 34 and a half degrees, uh, infection rates are increased. And that results because uh, of vasoconstriction, which decreases oxygen delivery to wounded tissue, also delivery of macrophages, decreases motility and function of various Um, host defenses, including oxidative killing by neutrophils. So that's the background. Tell us what you did. Well, because of that, uh, maintaining normothermia has become standard of care in Western countries, and the target is about 36.5 degrees. But 36.5 degrees or 36 degrees is not a normal temperature. Mm -hmm. Normal body temperature is more like 37 degrees. 36 was essentially pulled out of the air. And so we asked whether slightly lower temperature, say 35 and a half, would be okay, or whether 37 degrees would be preferable. Mm -hmm. And our particular interest was myocardial injury after non-cardiac surgery. Mm -hmm. And the reason is that hypothermia is uncomfortable for patients. It causes catecholamine release, vasoconstriction, tachycardia, and shivering, which increases oxygen consumption. All of these, of course, could contribute to myocardial injury after non-cardiac surgery. So our primary hypothesis was that keeping patients aggressively warmed to a target temperature of 37 degrees would reduce the risk of myocardial injury after non-cardiac surgery. So how many patients did you randomize? It was randomized? Oh, yes. It was a randomized trial with 5,056 patients. Wow, that's a big study. And what was your primary endpoint? The primary endpoint was a composite of myocardial injury, non-fatal cardiac arrest, and mortality. Sort of typical MACE. (laughs) Typical MACE, but boy, there's so many ways we define myocardial injury. So how did you define it? troponin elevation of apparently ischemic origin. Okay. And what were the treatments very specifically? The two R's. Oh, uh, patients were randomized to a temperature of 35.5 or to 37 degrees. So normally patients are warmed with forced air. 
So in the 35.5 group, we put a forced air cover on the patients, but only activated it if they got down to 35.5 to prevent worse hypothermia. In the other group, we warmed them before surgery, and then we had two forced air warmers during surgery, and we got them up to 37 degrees. It's actually not so easy to manipulate temperatures, but our temperature control is outstanding. Our right. final intraoperative temperatures were 35.6 and 37.1. So in fact, we had exactly the one and a half degree difference that we had targeted. Amazing, and what did you find? Well, we had 99% follow-up, and the, re the results were clear. There was no difference in our composite of myocardial injury, and there was no increase in surgical site infection, and there was no increase in transfusion requirement. Wow. So how does this change practice? What's going to be your recommendation from now on? Okay. Well, this is sort of surprising finding, mm -hmm. but the, re the results are clear. They speak for themselves. Uh, 36 degrees, which was this... Pulled out of the air. Pulled, pulled out, out of the, the cool air. ...target, okay. um, doesn't seem justified. At least down to 35.5 degrees, we see no signs of harm, and it, there's no need to warm people up to 37 or higher because it doesn't change anything. Now, well. now we didn't look at thermal comfort and at shivering, mm. so it's possible that the cooler patients uh, woke up feeling cold, but that's a transient and minor effect. Mm -hmm. All the serious complications that we looked at were exactly the same in the two groups. When did hypothermia trials in MI, we used a lot of Demerol to prevent the uh, shivering. Mm -hmm. um, is that done in these patients or that's a step too far? Well, if you keep patients about 36 degrees, which has been the standard, Shivering is quite rare quite now. Rare. Okay. So it used to be absolutely routine. Mm -hmm. When I started, uh, patient, the standard of care was not to warm patients, and there weren't even any devices for warming patients. Mm -hmm. So everybody having open abdominal surgery, and of course it all was open in those days, because sure. this was before laparoscopy, sure. would arrive in the recovery room with a temperature of 34.5, shivering violently, right. and then treatment of shivering was Let's something to study, and there are many drugs that you can yes, use. Meperidine, as you mentioned, yes. is a really good one. Yes. Wow, 5,000 plus patients, pretty clear answer here. The, the, yes, this is not a type two error. Right. This is a robust equivocal outcome. There was no difference with very tight confidence intervals. Great. Stanley, thanks for joining us, and thanks to all of you for joining us here face-to-face -face this year at ACC 2022.